Sources is a podcast made by women for women. We talk with a wide variety of experts, ranging from a sex therapist to the CDC and everywhere in between to bring you the stories you're only going to hear here. Our goal is to entertain and educate because it's more clear now than ever just how much we as women are doing as parents, as spouses, employees, just as everything. Don't miss out on being in the know. Subscribe to Soul Source wherever you listen to podcasts today. Leave us a review too, because this part's really important. When you leave those reviews, that's how we're able to continue bringing you the content you love each and every week. So buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we're about to get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Soul Source. It's Katie and Tracy today, and we are talking about mental health today. We are. Um, it's going to be a pretty serious episode today, guys. Um, so we do want to give a little bit of a trigger, trigger warning. Um, we're going to be discussing things like pregnancy loss, PTSD, depression, and self-harm. Um, so if you're not in a state of mind to listen to those topics right now, this might not be the episode for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're getting into all of this because Raquel recently sat down with ABC's chief meteorologist, Ginger Z. She was actually one of our first guests on Soul Source when um, the show first started. Um, but she has a new book now called A Little Closer to Home. And in it, she talks about depression, suicide attempts, and an alleged sexual assault. Um, there's something that she says in the book that's really interesting. She says that people tell her you know, just how brave she is for being vulnerable, for putting her story out um, into a book, but she actually sees herself as um, you know, having become less vulnerable um, because she's talking about these things. She's, you know, she's opening up about them. She says that you know, these books and telling her story is like her secret weapons. The, the more she shares, the more it's actually helping her. Yeah. Um, And I think that right there is what kind of inspired me to share a little more about my story um, because she also talks about the connection that she can make with other people and how sharing her story has helped other people Mm -hmm. struggling with their own mental health. And I think, um, you know, in this world, we're kind of all in this together. So it's it's not even just sharing your own story. You're actually making a, a huge difference in someone else's journey of healing so and tracy we've kind of talked about how difficult it can be for someone who hasn't struggled with mental health to um to know what to say and i i think that'll be an important part of this conversation too yeah i know that's my experience is always feeling a little like clammy and like oh i don't want to say the wrong thing like i feel so much empathy but do i truly understand is where i always get a little bit like how can i help Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Right. So a couple episodes back, I mentioned that I've had six miscarriages in the past year. Um, Obviously, that's incredibly tough. Um, I always say like even one is too much for anyone to go through, honestly. So um, going through six, I think for a lot of people, you I, I think when I had one, it was a lot of that like people were sympathetic and they like I was getting a lot of people who could say the right things because miscarriage can be so common. Um, But then, you know, after I have sex, I I did face a lot of that. People didn't know what to say. Um, Six in such a short, short period of time. It's a very rare situation. And yeah, Yeah. a lot of people just, 
can't really and and really didn't know what to say mm-hmm. so um it has really taken a toll on my mental health for sure um I was I ended up being diagnosed with PTSD um mainly because my first miscarriage came with a lot of complications um it was a very long drawn out process um I ended up miscarrying around that 13 week mark when I started passing all of that tissue and and essentially I, I lost too much blood and it was a pretty dangerous situation that mm-hmm. I found myself in that I couldn't really ask for help because um you know it was the middle of the night my husband was sleeping my Mm -hmm. phone wasn't next to me and I was just like there was a there was a point in that in that event that I really thought that my husband was gonna wake up and find me like dead in the tub oh my god yeah it was tough so um for like six months I couldn't even use the upstairs bathroom which is where it all went down and like every time I had my period or another miscarriage, you would see that blood and it was like flashbacks and uh, it was tough. So, um, so anyway, I'm still processing a lot of it. Obviously, it's hard to talk about, but I have learned similar to Ginger Z that like talking about it has really, really helped with that healing process. Because a lot of times I can talk about this miscarriage without without crying. And I think going back <laughs> to that that moment is like a little bit more raw, but mm-hmm. so I'm still processing it. But yeah, it's exactly what Ginger Z said though, is that the more I share about this, the easier it becomes to like kind of get it out. And the more I get connected with people who have had similar experiences and can mm-hmm. and can share that. And it's really like a big, a big part of my healing. So um, I've been pretty open about it. Um, and you've and, connected too. Yeah. Since since this has happened. Yes. You've made a group of internet friends, right? I know. To really help. I did. Yeah. That's been that's been like such a blessing because I think um this last December was when it was like the week after Christmas was when I had my like last miscarriage. And at that point I was just like so numb with it all. Yeah. Um that again, I was just like, I can't just keep telling people in my life that I had another miscarriage. Like it's just laughable at that point because it's just it's like, not. I know, but it's just don't like, downplay it. It's I know, but it's not. like it it like what do you say? And I was just like, right. you go to someone and be like, yup, had my had my sixth miscarriage this year. Like you you can only like it's like Groundhog Day. You can only say the same thing so many times. And so um, that one I didn't share with like as many people because I'm like. Uh, like again you hear so many times I just don't know what to say I just don't know what to say and I'm like well I don't know what to tell you (laughs) well and and what do you want to hear too exactly you know like is it helpful yeah is it helpful to tell the people that maybe yeah don't know how to support you so I think what I found is that yeah I, I ended up finding this online community of some women who actually have been going through this um some women who were also working through some PTSD from some complications that they had. Um, some women who had like one miscarriage, some women who had multiple miscarriages. So a lot of different stories, but just we're all in a really good place to share those stories and just support each other in a way that people in our regular lives just couldn't really do it Mm -hmm. um there is like I was I've been told to like you should see a therapist you should see a therapist and I was like I I get that too but like for me unless it's someone who like has gone through it I I just didn't really 
think that that would be helpful because I I already felt like I like had three eyes is what I always say because I'm like it's it's so weird like my situation was so bizarre um that I think it's helped me more to find people out there who have those shared experiences so that's mm-hmm. helped me a lot and I will say so like so again for like six months after that first miscarriage with dealing with that before I got diagnosed with PTSD I I couldn't go in that upstairs bathroom I was having flashbacks I was having panic attacks the whole thing and you can't really like run from your period either so it's just like it was really like how do you cope with like not being able to see blood as a woman because you're going to deal with it every single month Uh um but yeah working or like talking with my doctor and talking with these other women, um, I, I can see a big shift. So I, I can, I've been able to use that upstairs bathroom. Like those flashbacks have gone away. My panic attacks have gone away. So it's like, it's still hard to like talk about the event, but I would Mm -hmm. say from like the standpoint of my mental health and my PTSD, I'm in a much better place. And I'm so happy to hear that, which is, oh, yeah. It's a relief to me as your friend, Miss Katie, know. to know that. Because it is. It's hard to talk. Oops, sorry. Kicked you. <laughs> um, it's hard to it's hard to talk about, you know, even as like as a friend of yours, it I I don't know how to I don't know how to relate. Like to be truly honest about it, like it becomes a thing where, you know, you tell you've said, you know, you tell even your best friends, but what do they say to you? Um and so I think for me, like, I just want to give you the biggest hug every day, but I I hope that is enough, you know? And I think that's where it's hard for somebody like me. Um, You know, I I haven't ever had a a lot of, you know, mental health problems, troubles, issues. I I feel like I, I I don't know, like, consider myself lucky. Like, that feels, like, also so insensitive to say. So I, I don't know. I feel like... How, how do I talk to somebody who's experiencing something or how do, like, you know, what helps you the most, you know, because you will interact with people who aren't in that core group of women who are helping you through this that, that aren't your doctor, right? Like, yeah. there are people in your life who will know and want to help or know and want to say something, but so what is that, I guess? Right, know? right. And, I mean, it's it's a hard question to answer, too, because... I also think that everyone is going to cope with it a little bit different. Sure. So, like, I I really, really wanted to openly talk about my miscarriages because I feel like that is what was helping me heal. Yeah. And people didn't have to, like, try to say the right thing because, again, I heard that all the time. I just don't know what to say. And I'm like, you don't have to say something to fix it because you can't fix it. it sure. It's something that happened. You're not going to be able to make it better. Um, but just having someone that would listen to me made all of the difference. Like, let me talk through this because like I need to get it out and I can't bottle it up because that Mm -hmm. was not working. So just, and then even, it didn't even have to be like related to the conversation, but I would have people send flowers to my house or send me letters in the mail or would just like buy me a candy bar or like just even like at work, just like getting little notes being like, wow, you really like crushed it on that project. Like just, it didn't even have to be related, but just those like pick me ups during the day kind of helped along that journey too. So I think that's something that I would want everyone to take away is that you, 
most of the time you don't know if someone is dealing with something like you don't always know if someone is having some mental health struggles but being kind can help anyone at least a little bit no matter what the situation is oh which is like so uplifting to hear but also so like you know it's what we teach our kids (laughs) you know be kind and so just remembering those little little moments make a big difference you know it does it does and And I I would say that so I I think in the past year understanding that like talking about this all of my miscarriages has helped me a lot. It's uh, it's even more sad to think about like how much of a disservice I've done to myself in the past too. Because so when I was younger, I had very, very severe depression and it was not something that I talked about. And I did have a suicide attempt and I really, really struggled with self-harm for many, many years. Um, and it was something that I did bottle up inside um Mm -hmm. I I felt a lot of like feelings of worthlessness of emptiness no one likes me no one loves me no one's gonna care if I'm not here like those types of things that you hear all the time and I think I at the time especially because I was like I was a teenage girl and I think that you always kind of hear those flippant comments from people of like a oh it's just a phase or like someone is just like self-harming for attention or like or, you know, committing suicide is just, like, a selfish act. Like, all of these things that, like, even if I'm not talking about it, I'm like, now I can't talk about it because I'm going to feel judged. Um, or, like, I, it, it was just, like, a really, really scary place. And so, like, I struggled with this for a very, very long time. Um, and I think unlike Ginger Z and unlike with my pregnancy loss, I never talked about it. And so now we're like over 15 years later and those are things that I'm still struggling mm-hmm. with and I'm still feeling that shame and I'm still feeling that worthlessness at like some points. And so like, especially then when you layer in these pregnancy losses on top and like being alone, working at home, like it get you get to be in a scary place because it's like, I... I felt like I had worked through this stuff as best as I can. Mm-hmm. I stopped self-harming about like five years ago. Um, but then, you know, we're like last January was the anniversary of that first miscarriage where I I was, I got mm-hmm. PTSD from. And then all of a sudden this January, we're in this anniversary and we're working from home again. And now I'm alone at home with these reminders of this miscarriage with my history of self-harming and I'm like do I really trust myself like I don't like not really because I never talked about it and I never worked through it um and it's one of those things where I'm like with my self-harm like I still have the scars I still get shame from like seeing those on the daily basis and I always like I always really, really hope that no one else notices them, but like I, I know that some people do because this doctor that I work with now, who's been treating me for my pregnancy loss and had even delivered Cass back in the day, the first time I met her, it was one of the first things she brought up, and she the goes, first time. "The first time I wow. met her when I had like my prenatal care with Cass was." so are those old <laughs> and I like recoiled and I was like oh you just said that out loud uh, because I'm like was that because, one of the first times that you really yeah, talked about it then exactly because uh, no one I think like um there was probably only like two people in my life that had known about it otherwise I like tried to like cover it with makeup or like wear long sleeve shirts or like things like that and 
yeah and she was just so forthcoming and she wasn't even shy about it like she's just like are those are those old and i was like oh i can't even tell you like how embarrassing that is because i'm like i it already comes with a lot of shame because it's like mm-hmm. I, I i still don't even know why i even started doing it in the first place but it ended up becoming like a vicious circle because it's like i feel shame and i feel worthless and so now i'm going to cut myself but then now i feel shame from doing that because i'm like why did i do that mm-hmm. there it makes no sense and then you just feel more shame and more worthlessness so it's just like this vis- vicious circle that you can't get out and so it's just yeah so when she just like brought it up i was like oh we're really doing this and <laughs> and i'm i'm grateful for it though too because now she she knows that she's the one that diagnosed me with ptsd um she's the one that's been helping me through all of my pregnancy losses and obviously all mm-hmm. of that is very traumatic and can it can put yourself you it can put you in a very vulnerable place where if you have a history of mental health, you could easily fall back into that, you know? And so every single checkup now, she's always making sure that I don't like fall back into self-harming. And it's like so embarrassing. And I wish that wasn't a situation that I had to be in, but I'm very grateful that she holds me accountable. I was just going to say though, what a good doctor for, you know, seeing the whole you. Cause I would say like, for me, my experiences with, um, you know, being pregnant and visiting the doctor, I always had this mindset of like, well, I'm here for my baby. You're my baby's doctor. You know, I guess you're taking care of me, but like you're here to make sure my baby's or like my baby is healthy. And so to know that you have a doctor who's like really looking out for you as a whole person is like just really great. It's, you know, it's really, really wonderful. Um, I, I think from my experiences, um, again, from some of my mental health struggles that I had when I was younger, where I bottled it up and I didn't talk about it. And clearly now, 15 years down the road, I'm still working through it compared to openly talking about my PTSD Mm -hmm. and my pregnancy losses and how much even in a year I'm in a much healthy, healthier place. And I have coping mechanisms that are working. I think whether it is that professional that can check in on you that you're talking with or finding an online community or friends Mm -hmm. that you're comfortable with I think just getting it out there is so so important because if if anyone is already dealing with mental health struggles they're already going to feel alone and Mm -hmm. so if they're not talking about it it's even more isolating and so I think that's where other people kind of have to step up a little bit and I think that's that other conversation that we're kind of talking about where it's like yeah so now you're now you're someone who has never dealt with any of this you've never had mental health struggles you don't understand it you don't get self-harm and that makes sense because I self-harmed and I still don't understand it so how are you going to but then what do you say right right right. how do you do that I don't know (laughs) I know (laughs) and then I get anxious and I giggle and I get (laughs) like seriously because because you know, I think for me, it's like you do care so deeply, but then to also feel a disconnect is hard. That's hard for me to yeah. like navigate, I guess. Yeah. Um, so the way I, I think about it and and I really don't know the right answer, to be honest, um, because I, I, I think human emotions are complex in and of itself. And then mm. every single person, like I said, it's going to be so different. So what might work for someone might not work for someone else. But I think the important thing for other people is to not, 
to not just be quiet about it. Sure. Um, because it's like, maybe you do, I, I've had people, especially with like, I, so with, with my self-harm and with pregnancy losses, I've had people say wrong things. I've mm-hmm. had people say things that were hurtful. However, I still felt more comfortable with those people than other people who just stayed super, super quiet. Um, because I think it meant something to me that someone tried. Um, because I had some people like with my pregnancy losses where like I would hear from my mom that someone told my mom, like, don't worry, I won't bring it up. And I was just like, why aren't you talking to me about like, I want to talk about it. And so like, I've had people who haven't said anything to me throughout this entire year or, or pretends that it didn't exist or like pretends that my my self-harming didn't exist pretend that I never Mm -hmm. tried to kill myself like things like that and I'm like this these are things that have shaped me as a person so I feel like ignoring it you're ignoring part of my story and part of me as a person Mm -hmm. as to how I see the world I see the world differently now because of things that I've gone through and so then people who might say insensitive things they're still coming from a good place and they still have good intention and so those are the people that I still go back to and I will still talk with them about because it's going to be a learning experience. I I don't mind if you say the wrong thing as because then I can have that conversation mm-hmm. and be like this, that was something that was a little bit insensitive to me and now we can move forward. But sure. but there's still being that ear that you need exactly. and that, that like open person that you can go to versus yeah. like the person who is anxious and shuts down and yes and and doesn't appear approachable which I can totally get to and I think the other part though is that like once you once you get past that feeling of like oh I don't know what to say and you start talking with people about this you get to you get to learn what is helping them a little bit more which Mm -hmm. only gives you it only puts you in a better position to help in the future as well. Because like, as I was dealing with my pregnancy losses, I definitely knew some people who had miscarriages and they did not want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. They, they preferred to deal with it on their own. And that was great. And that was a good way that they were able to cope with it. And so then I knew from them that, you know, I won't bring it up unless they want to talk about it because we had that conversation and that they, they don't want to hear about it unless they're in a place that they want to talk about it. Whereas me, I'm like, bring it up. I want to talk about it. I want to get it out and stuff like that. And so the more you have those conversations with people, the more you're understanding what is helpful for them, uh, because every situation is going to be a little bit different. And instead of guessing, yeah, figure that out. Right. Yeah. That helps me a lot. Yeah, it really does. Cause I'm telling you, I'm good at being awkward a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I think you're better at it than you think you are. Um, Which you've, makes you've me been super helpful feel good, in the past year, absolutely. I, because I think there's other things like you would send me like random texts here and there, like, "Hey, how are you doing?" I had other people in the office, like when I was going when I was in the hospital, finding out about one of mine. People being like do you want me to come sit with you? Like just things mm-hmm. like that, where it's just like just people being kind. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that's a big thing. Cause like if you, if you have someone in your life who like passed away and you're at a funeral, what are people saying to you? They're not trying to fix the situation because they're not going to be able to bring that person back, but they're saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, you know, I'm going to bring a meal over so you don't have to worry about dinner. Like just things like that where you don't have to say the right thing. Just show up for someone and be kind. Yeah. And- it's like recognizing 
the loss, recognizing that a person is hurting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I think the other thing where if, like, if you take this tactic of just being kind to people, it, it's kind of cliche, but it's a whole like kindness saves lives. But it really does. Because so like, w- like, you know, my struggles, but like there, there can be any person walking down the street that is mm-hmm. going through so much and you'll have no idea but you know walking past a stranger and saying like oh my gosh I really love your hair could be the pick-me-up that they needed that day like it's you don't actually have to know what's going on but just extending those compliments and being nice to people and just showing up for people in any capacity can actually save lives and you don't even know that you're doing it I I remember like when I had my depression and I wasn't talking about it those little pick-me-ups are what was getting through the day because I was very much in my head of like a literally everyone hates me like I like I couldn't get out of it and then someone one day would just be like wow I really like your shirt and I was like oh you like me and that was like that got me through that day like it's just it's just things like that you just have to be kind Mm -hmm have to wow well i think we can end it here you guys if you have any struggles that you're going through please please find a comfort zone to talk through them i really really think it's helpful um listen to next week's episode with ginger z because um she probably (laughs) talks through this a little bit more like smooth than what I can be able to because <laughs> this is so new to me um, talking about it and opening up it's hard yeah it's very hard um but she opens up about her own story in her in her new book um called closer to home so she talks through that next week and um she she talks through her depression her suicide attempts her sexual assault and stuff like that and she she just gives some really good insights as how important mm-hmm. it is to open up and how her story has helped other stories. So I'm really hoping that this episode at least helps some people. Um, and I really hope that you tune in next week to, to learn more, I guess. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more Soul Source, just subscribe to our show. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can watch us too. We're on YouTube. Just look for Soul Source. SoulSource is brought to you by Red Shoes, Inc., a leading agency specializing in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about SoulSource and Red Shoes, visit us at redshoesinc.com.